you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, I welcome writer and musician Jack Skelly. He is the author of several books, including the poetry collection Monsters and the nonfiction book Dennis Wilson and Charlie Manson. He also plays in the band Londell. Now, we're here to talk about his new collection that recently came out. It is called The Complete Fear of Kathy Acker. It was written in the 1980s. It is finally in its complete form, um, put together and published. And it's uh, been a, a huge cult classic for decades now. Dennis Cooper um, highly recommended it. And uh, this was, I was so excited to, to get this on my radar. I hadn't heard of it before. And I read it and it was just, I just loved it. Uh, incredible book and very cool artwork and, and artifacts in the book as well from the um, LA underground scene from the 1980s. So I highly recommend it. I'll have links to where you can pick up a copy. Jack is doing events in New York at the time of this uh, podcast and radio show release. So I will have links to where you can you can find him. Also places, like I said, where you can where you can pick up a copy of, of the book. So let's jump into it and talk to Jack Skelly about the complete fear of Kathy Acker on the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, everybody, I'm super excited to welcome Jack Skelly to the show. The Complete Fear of Kathy Acker recently came out, and um, this was a title that kind of blew me away because I, I wasn't familiar with, with the stuff before, uh, and, and just reading it, it is completely my kind of book. I know a lot of our listeners will enjoy it too, so we'll make sure you, you ha there's links to where people can, can purchase a copy because I, I highly recommend it. Jack, thank you so much for being here. Oh man, thanks, Kyler. Absolutely. So, I guess to to give people some insight of what this this novel is, uh, it's not you know it, it just came out. Yes, but there's a pretty big backstory as far as um, this has been something that's been around quite a while. So maybe you could just tell us about the genesis of it, uh, and then how how did it come to be published in this form in 2023. So yeah, the backstory is pretty interesting in itself. And then when you kind of look deeper into the backstory, it kind of reveals some kind of liter interesting literary pedigree history too. But the book was actually written in the 80s. So between 84 and 85, and then I finished it in 87. I added a, a conclusion. It was published in two sets of chapbooks. And then in various magazines, et cetera, it, it kind of formed the basis of a lot of my you know, performances or whatever, poetry readings or whatever during the 80s as well. It was a huge chunk of material that I drew from. And then it just kind of disappeared. It was supposed to have been published by two separate publishers. And, you know, publishing fates are, you know, kind of wicked. They don't really help you too much sometimes. You know, it's, it's the vicissitudes of 
of chance and fate sometimes. So it just kind of disappeared for a while. And I call it like secretly legendary because people kind of kept it around. Mm -hmm. And including the uh, editors at Semiotext, they had had it. They were kind of just sitting in their whatever, their closet or their the back of their bookshelf for a long time until last year when editors Hetty Elkelty and Chris Cross, Chris Krauss, excuse me, said at the instigation of some other kind of good literary friends of mine, uh, decided to publish it. So that was really a, a great, the whole thing, you know, because lots of chunks of it had never appeared at all before, big chunks. Uh, and then they, we're calling it the complete fear of Kathy Acker because it's the complete edition, plus it's bubble wrapped with some essays and all kinds of artifacts from the time, the period. Uh, I write an introduction to it. We created this map of 1980s LA, literary yeah, LA. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. So it's kind of this deluxe complete edition. Um, and then if you, like I was saying, if you look a little bit closer, you'll see that, well, there, there's a lot of characters and figures and places in the book that we're not really famous at the time, but have endured mm -hmm. in lots of ways, including a lot of the people from the punk rock scene of the time, you know, um, Red Cross and uh, the Sonic Youth. They're in the book, yeah. you know, and um, Dennis Cooper. He's not really mentioned in the book, but he's a big part of it in certain ways. Uh, Bob Flanagan, who is kind of a semi notorious um, uh, performance artist, poet, um, is in the book, too. So. Um, and a lot of the ideas of the book kind of prefigure what people call autofiction now. I don't really endorse that term, but Kathy Acker is kind of gets credit for a lot of that too. So that's kind of the backstory. Yeah. And I think when I, so like I said, I, I wasn't, I hadn't been familiar with it before. And I'm like, I, how did I not hear about parts of this? Um, and I think what was so refreshing to me when reading it, it just it, it's just so truthful and honest and untouched by sensitivity readers. It was <laughs> <laughs> at least it seems so. I mean, I I was just so happy to see something published um, now that could speak so freely and have the internal dialogue of the character uh, is just it's just wonderful. And you know the the writing is is on point, and I can see why this has had like a cult following for decades now. And it's it's amazing that it's able to you know reach people like me for the first time. Um, but I'm sure people who were familiar with it in its early earlier incarnations can really dig into it. And and yeah, it's the the complete. <laughs> so it's it's just a great a great um, piece of work. Were you kind of over the years had pushed it aside. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, it's been a long time um, after maybe failed attempts at getting published in a, in a form like this, was it just kind of like, Oh, this isn't happening. And, or was it something you kind of plugged away at and recognized how good it was that it needed to come out in a form like this? I, I did try to, you know, there were there two, there were those two failed attempts to, at publishing it by actual publishers, and then after that happened, I put it together as a manuscript with some other stories I had and kind of shopped that around. But I, you know, I didn't have the connections at the time or whatever, you know. Again, the vicissitudes of publishing fate, but. Um, 
So it did kind of dwindle in my mind for a while. So yeah, to see it resurrect now is weirdly gratifying. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. And we, we should mention too, so people, uh, you've written other things. You're, you're a journalist. Um, a book I'm definitely going to check out. I don't have it yet, but I'm going to get it. Monsters, Dennis Wilson, and Charlie Manson. That sounds mm-hmm. uh, like quite the read. So you're, in addition to you know fiction, auto fiction, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. We have <coughs> your your poet. You mm-hmm. um, you're a musician in in Lawndale. Right. Um, so you, you're definitely busy with the the creative elements. I'm I'm just kind of curious, like what brought you to the subject of um, monsters, Dennis Wilson, Charlie Manson. I'm listening to. Um, I, it's a Dennis Wilson, one of his solo albums. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's, I don't know much about mm-hmm. Dennis Wilson, like individually. I know like just the kind of the cliff notes that, that we hear about like the tragic end of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I just kind of found this album based off a recommendation and it, I'm blown away by his solo mm-hmm. work. I had never really listened to it before. And I, I was so impressed and it, it almost sounds like something that could have been released today. I mean, it's just wonderful, wonderful, underrated work. Uh, long way of asking, how did you get interested in this subject and write a book about it? Yeah, that album is called Pacific Ocean Blue. Yes. Dennis Wilson's. It also was not had a weird history, too. It didn't get, it kind of disappeared for a while. And it's, okay. it's now kind of a cult favorite, too. Um, just for the record, the name of my book is Dennis Wilson and Charlie Manson. Okay. Monsters is a separate book. It's a book, my first book of poetry. Oh, apologies. Apologies. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It kind of fits, doesn't it? It does. I was like, well, I, I see it now. I have the comma. But then I'm like, right. oh, yeah, that's two separate works. But, it's but not, like, they're both so kind of cool. monsters in their own way. <laughs> but... Uh, I forget what was the question again. Like, how oh, just I, how how you kind of became interested in in writing a book that connected Dennis Wilson and, and Charles yeah. Manson. Well, that is a great story. You know, the connection. First of all, the Beach Boys have a total weird, dark backstory. You know, not just their connection to Manson, but all kinds of other things, including the personal lives of all the members of the Beach Boys, mm. including Dennis Wilson, who was the closest to Charlie Manson. And was also was the most of a most monstrous of all the Beach Boys, because <laughs> he had just a fucked up life, man. He just went through five different wives, and just fifty different cars, and uh, all the Beach Boys' money, you know, to the point where he really died a very pathetic, tragic figure in his watery death in Marina del Rey. And I, I go into all of that. So the book is mostly about Dennis Wilson, but there's. I would say about three fifths of it is also his relationship with Charlie Manson. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely picking that up. Um, well, let's talk about let's talk about monsters too. So we have something. I feel embarrassed about that, but I I need to I I, I need to read monsters as well. Tell me about like uh, your your writing you know, poetry and, and uh, I'm always kind of curious when people mix fic- when they do fiction, nonfiction, and then you add poetry into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like 
a lot of times those end up being my fate, like a, like a Bukowski, you know, who would just kind of, they yeah. kind of do it all and they do it well. So right. I guess we could go back to like the, when you, in, when you were younger being drawn to writing, uh, mm -hmm. what was kind of your, your gateway, your first introduction to, to the form? Okay, so yeah, so Monsters is a book of poetry. It's my first book of poetry on Little Caesar Press, which was Dennis Cooper's press uh, at the time. He put out some really great books at that time. And it's, um, the entryway to poetry for me has always been pop culture. Um, there's poems about Marie Osmond and movie stars and cartoons and uh, music, and they're all in that book, Monsters. Um, and um, I try to make my poetry accessible, even though it's very, so the subject matter is, it tends to be kind of these pop culture references, quite a bit of them, but I try to probe underneath them and find the kind of the um, archetypal sort of connections and some, you know, deeper sort of symbolic sort of connections to larger themes and issues. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of heavy deep symbolism you know william blake is a big influence on me as well as like writers uh like art writers like camila paglia or uh um, gustav jung you know who is very um sort of a, a a heavy sort of uh user of symbols and archetypes so they're all buried in my poetry okay very cool and we should we should mention so there, there's some pretty cool events coming up related to the release of um, The Complete Fear of Kathy Acker. So, but to, I know today, as we're recording this tonight, you have a you have an event at Skylight, which one of my favorite bookstores. Um, and then when when we, when we this airs, you'll have some uh, events in, in New York. So maybe you could just tell us about, you're in conversation with some pretty interesting people. Um, tell us about what people can expect. You know, I'm so fortunate, Kyler, to have these kind of uh, creative partners on all these events. So yes, tonight, which will have been in the past by the time people hear this, I'm having a conversation with Chris Krause, you know, I Love Dick, Summer of Hate, etc. And she's also a publisher editor of Semiotext, who's my publisher now. So we're talking tonight at Skylight Books in LA. And then June 28th in New York City at Powerhouse Arena, which is the big uh, Dumbo bookstore in Brooklyn. Um, it's another in conversation with this time uh, Stephanie LaCava, who is tr tremendous uh, fiction writer in her own right and just a super connected and very uh, kind of really reliable. It's not fair to call her an influencer. If she's like into something and you if you hear her talk about it, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking together uh, on at that bookstore on June 28th and then on Saturday, July 1st, we're at, I'm doing a even more like, even more special uh, <laughs> event at uh, John Giorno Foundation in Manhattan, which is really a historic place. It was William Burroughs's uh, bedroom for a while, mm. uh, but it was John Giorno's place too. He was a you know famous New York school writer and performer and musician. Um, and so that's, we're calling that Foca Palooza, Fear of Kathy Acker is Foca. Um, and we've got um, some really great poets. Eileen Miles uh, is going to be there, and uh, Jerome Sala, Elaine Equi. There, those are two 
poets I go way back with who also specialize in kind of pop culture poetry. And then I'm doing a very special sort of um, multimedia piece where I'm going to perform sections from Fear of Kathir Acker along with new video and audio uh, sort of uh, rendering of the book. And then we'll have some musicians, musicians perform. And then the last event that we're, I know of right now will be in July, July 26 in LA again at Poetic Research Bureau, where we'll do this kind of big special guest star Palooza thing again. That That's great. I mean, I think, um, so where I live here in Salt Lake City, there's not a ton of cool events like that, unfortunately. But one thing that was really opened my eyes during the pandemic was uh, a lot of bookstores from all over the country were um, gracious enough to do these like online events. So it kind of gave people around, you know, who maybe don't live in Los Angeles or, or New York an opportunity to kind of get a taste of it. And it was, um, it was such a great thing for me, because I think in my mind, just because I'm I, I, geographically where I'm at. I thought those had kind of gone away and cause I hear people talk about, Oh, the, the literary <laughs> scene, mm-hmm. whatever is dead, but it definitely is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's great events happening all the time, really all over the country. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I love when like you're speaking about these upcoming events, the upcoming event with like the, the multimedia and where, where it does mix like, Mm-hmm. A performance, uh, visuals, things like that. I mean, it's just so, so exciting. Uh, are, I guess I should ask, uh, how, when you, when you do an event like this, how do you decide to pick what you are going to present to the audience? I mean, there's so many great things in the book. Uh, you're on a limited amount of time, you know, you're there signing books as well. So what mm-hmm. do you decide to, to pick to um kind of discuss or do yeah. you decide at you know at the moment or talk to the person you're, you're going to be in conversation with about it that's a great question because right now i'm really wrestling with what to present tonight <laughs> and we went back and forth we had a conversation and then we text each other and here okay here's the thing skylar we should tell everybody Fear of Kathy Acker has a shitload of horny sex in it. <laughs> it does, yes. I mean, Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the 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 protagonist in this story is this, you know, white male cis het guy who's super horny, and you know he also loves women very much. But in any case, you know, when I used to read this book at readings and stuff like that, that stuff went over really well. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's funny or something. It's very self-deprecating. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you got that, but yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can read that tonight or not. Scare I just people. don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. I just don't know how it's gonna go over. You know yeah. what I mean? So I rest now. Now there are other passages in the book that are much darker, serious, cosmic, even metaphysical. Um, there's whole sections about where the narrator is just trying to determine his sort of the reality of his sense of self and language in the universe. And those get kind of heavy too. So I can pull from those if I need to. If, if, if the crowd is turning on you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like, um, with, to, to me at least, I, I would think like this would bring out the kind of people who would be okay with hearing 
certain things and and take it i think like it's all in context right so i think mm-hmm. um people yeah people are, are showing up and I, I don't know i i just think whatever you decide i'm sure it'll go well um yeah I, you know I the book has be been well received i mean if, i guess if someone was going to freak out about it i might have heard about it by now who yeah, knows probably yeah. i would think so and i think uh yeah i mean just going back to what i was saying earlier about how refreshing it was uh i think in in um books you, you can get away with it more because it does allow you the opportunity to to have context and right. you know you don't hear about as many uh, authors being canceled i would guess because when you sit down and actually read uh, a book you definitely get if there is some stuff that you've selected like picked it out and it may have sounded yeah. offensive to some people when you read it within the context of something it it you know hopefully comes across to if someone's going to invest the time to read that this is um there's much more to it in the, in the context um, mm-hmm. is there. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> you, know, you would hope that's true, but the people still get canceled these days and uh, for not good reasons sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I figure at this point, if I get canceled <laughs> or whatever, it's probably a good thing. Like, it's, <laughs> all publicity is good, you know? <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So, um Okay, so I'll have I'll have links to where people can check out these events. Uh, where do you? Does it matter where people pick up the book? Do you have a specific place close to your heart that people could order online, perhaps? Uh, you know, to support independent bookstores. Um, any any place in particular you'd like people to to maybe shop around, maybe get a signed copy if possible. Oh, that is a great question because. Um... I am among the people that feel guilty about Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like Scamazon. Like, <laughs> I just, you know, I realize how convenient it is for people and just like the go to thing. And a lot of people are members or whatever, and they get the book the next minute. Yeah. And, <laughs> Helicopters in, right? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you can order it from Semiotext slash MIT Press. They're the basically the overlords of Semiotext. Uh, I don't know about any signed editions. That's a good idea, actually. Um, but there are, I do have favorite bookstores. I mean, there's some great ones in LA. Stories Books is one of my favorites. Uh, Beyond Baroque Bookstore. I have a history with Beyond Baroque, which is a literary arts center in Venice, California. A lot of the spirit of Fear of Kathy Acker was engendered by my time working there and then meeting a lot of people from there. So I would recommend those two, but there's all, tons of really good bookstores in LA yeah. and in New York too, you know? Yeah, no, I, and, and honestly, from someone who, like, I love signed copies of books. Like, like that's what, that's one thing that I collect. And so I, I kind of seek those out. Like, you know, if I see something at, at Skylight or Book Soup. You know, you can people who don't live in in Los Angeles can order a copy. So, yeah. um, I know that's something I, I I seek out, and and I'm sure other people who don't live in the area do as well. So, yeah, definitely sign some copies and <laughs> get those get those available to listeners. Yeah, actually, I'm going at tomorrow. There's a book fair called Acid. What the hell is the name of that? Acid Fair or something at Blum and Poe Gallery here in L.A. But all, a lot of the indie indie book sellers and book. Um, and book uh, publishers will be there and I will be signing copies 
no one can go to it again, but there'll be signed copies from Hauser and Wirth, which they have a book, great bookstore. Hauser and Wirth is the museum. There's, they're all over the world, but they have one in LA and the museum is called Art Book. I mean, the bookstore is called Art Book. So I w there will, they will have signed copies actually, Art Book from Hauser and Wirth, yeah. Great, so I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that too. And if anything yeah. pops up, I'll make sure people are aware. Um, but Jack, thank you so much for for taking the time. This was a, r a really enjoyable conversation. Like I said, I love the book, and I'm excited uh, for people. You know, whether mm -hmm. whether people were familiar with it before or like me coming to it brand new, it was just kind of like a you know I keep saying the word refreshing, but it just was something I really really enjoyed, and um, I'm a huge fan now. So I'm, I can't wait to read the other stuff. And you know, I wish you well with the the events. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, anything you want to add as we kind of finish up here today? Um, well, first of all, thank you for that. That's really refreshing to hear. That's refreshing. I, <laughs> I think people will um, enjoy the book. It's kind of a wild ride. I always, always want to add that this book is 35, 40 years old. I'm still a very active writer. Mm -hmm. So and you already actually mentioned the Char Charlie Manson, Dennis Wilson. And I have another book that came out last year called... Um, interstellar theme park which is new and selected writing and then i'm working on a new manuscript right now um shopping for a publisher for this thing right now which kind of creates some crazy writing too right now the working title of this book is myth lab m-y-t-h like meth lab but myth lab uh -huh. and it's the form of these stories like stories in the form of theories it's kind of hard to explain but it's full of sort of um like again, these archetypes and um, sort of weird, twisted, deeper meanings to pop culture. So I'm really, this is what I'm hot and heavy on right now. So we'll alert you to that, you know, if there's anything to announce there. Yeah, definitely. Please do. Um, well, yeah, like I said, I'm a fan now and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to read uh, more of your work. But everybody, yeah, this is um, such an honor having Jack Skelly on the show. The book is The Complete Fear of Kathy Acker. I'll have links to where you can pick up a copy and see upcoming events. Jack, thank you so much. Thanks a million, Kyler. It was really fun.